Appreciate you tuning in this week. Make sure you check out last week's episode, Emotion Shapes Perception. It was a dope episode. Talked about just the general aspects of how everything that we do and say is oftentimes shaped by our emotion, how we feel. And at times when we're thinking a certain way or when we use emotion or let emotion, um, it can sometimes blur us from always seeing something clearly or from logic or sometimes it can amplify that. So it oftentimes has many different uh, trickle-down effect into our everyday lifestyle from everything we do, from how we shape and view, see the world. So, yeah, all about perception. So make sure you check out last week's episode. But this week as well, we're talking about some uh, some current events stuff going on. Obviously, the primary season, politics. Talk about some pop culture, music, sports, entertainment. Get into a little bit of everything today. So without further ado, make sure you stay tuned, you stay hip, you stay connected. All right, so... It has been an eventful past week. A lot of stuff has happened. Politics. Joe Biden has resurrected his campaign and become the DNC frontrunner to win the nomination. Um, you have Megan the Stallion having this public um, back and forth with her her label and suing them and being scammed out of her money. Nicki Minaj, husband, the rest of her failing to Registered as a sex offender in sports. Just had the NFL draft combine wrap up. So a lot of players definitely like improved their stocks. So a lot of crazy freak athleticism. Um, definitely, you know, shaping up here soon for the NFL draft to come up. Free agency about to start soon. A lot of questions. Where would Tom Brady go? Whole trickle down effect with that. Uh, a lot of moving parts. And then with the whole uh, CBA as well. The uncertainty whether we will get signed or not. Whether players are going to a lockout the following season. And all the different dynamics to go along to it. Uh, NBA, you got, you know, about five weeks left to the playoffs now. So it's starting to heat up. Every game's starting to count. Um, you know, you see, especially in the West for that battle for East, uh, eighth spot uh, between Grizzlies, Pelicans, Blazers. Now Spurs are kind of hopping back into this as well. So big dog fight to the end. Hopefully the Pelicans get in, but, you know, it doesn't really matter. I feel like whoever plays the Lakers, number one seed, is going to lose anyways. So, but nonetheless, still exciting. So definitely have that going on. Spring training of baseball. See the Astros and everything are definitely getting a negative reception as they should. 
Um, so it'll be interesting how that goes along throughout the season. So they already hit like 10 times already in these like five spring training games. So I expect that to be a trend going forward and definitely just how this all plays out. Um, so yeah, you know, definitely a lot going on. So first, I guess I want to talk about is, uh, politics and the resurrection of Joe Biden. So as I've talked about on my previous podcast and looking at the forecast, for this whole DNC uh, season and probably who won the nomination, right? Uh, my previous episode, the Democratic Conundrum, I talked about how like, although Bernie Sanders was the um, the leader for a while here going into it, and how probably Bernie from a one on one stance probably does have the best chance against Trump, he was never going to win a nomination, right? And that's because he's a socialist and because his ideals and principles would shape the whole reshape the whole Democratic Party for years to come, and he's weren't gonna let that happen. And again, look at 2016 as a prime example. Again, also Bernie isn't necessarily truly a full Democrat, independent-run Democratic platform. So just everything combined, they were not letting him be the nominee. Uh, Joe Biden, whose campaign looked dead, looked like he's going to drop out after the first three um, primaries and caucuses, got to South Carolina, um, and especially after Jim Claiborne gave him a, a rousing or endorsement, who's also the uh, minority House leader, um, you know, black man, of course. Uh, Joe Biden won the black vote in Rainway, South Carolina, got back in the race, and then Super Tuesday. Right before that happened, you had Mayor Pete and Amy Klobuchar both drop out and endorse Joe Biden. Of course, they were the moderates, um, Democrats. Uh, now, for myself, I was, I'd say the fix was in, but look, the, the DNC was not going to let Bernie win a nomination, right? So I think after South Carolina, I was like, okay, Joe Biden became a viable candidate again. I don't know what they told Mayor Pete and Amy Klobuchar, but they... Got something that worked out for him to drop out, especially Mayor Pete. I was kind of surprised because he actually did, actually ended up finishing decent in California, actually. Um, but, you know, they back dropped out and backed him. And once that happened, I knew the fix was in for Joe Biden to win his nomination. Um, and Super Tuesday, obviously, a very successful, very successful Super Tuesday. Um, and that's he shaped a lot of stuff. Uh, Bernie finished decent in Super Tuesday, lost some states that he thought he should win, some states that he did better in 2016, he did worse in, uh example, like North Carolina as well. He spent a lot of money and time effort there, did worse than he did in 2016. Um, and then other side, you know, Mike Bloomberg, um, Mini Mike, um, spent over like $500 million collectively on ads and advertisements and uh, campaign stuff and did not pan out and has dropped out of the race. Uh, Elizabeth Warren. Um, who, in my opinion, actually, I thought maybe was actually the actual candidate in terms of policy plans and action, but it just didn't translate. Um, as he finished third in her home state, Massachusetts, and it's never a good look. You finish, we can't win your own home state, especially finished third. That's that was you know it was surprising because, you know, I thought that it could be a battle between her and Bernie there, but Joe Biden won it. And that was the most surprising part in my opinion. I was like, oh wow. So this third Joe Biden, um, you know, ended up causing you know for Liz had the you know had she dropped out of race today. Um, I'm hoping or I'm predicting she'll probably back Bernie, but we'll see. Maybe she'll back Biden. Who knows? Um, and for Biden, this, this whole run that he's having right now is very opening because it shows really like it changes like the whole like game. Everything you know about politics is like you just like crumble up and throw it away. In terms of like there's no groundwork there. He didn't have money and advertising spent in these places. Like that's what happens. Like this whole like it's a groundwork game for campaigning and going to these going to these states and have your surrogates go there and spend a lot of time and money on advertisements and TV commercials, right? Spend a lot of time having different events and having people there promote you. And he hadn't he didn't do that in a lot of these states he won and stuff and everything. He didn't have the substantial groundwork there and stuff. Like you look at like Tom Strayer, for example, in South Carolina, he spent like fifteen million dollars like alone just in like an ads advertisements and campaigning in South Carolina. 
just finish third and get like ten percent of the vote, <laughs> like, and then drop out the, like right afterwards. Like it, it, it's crazy how like politics nowadays is it's how it's grown. It's just like the things don't even matter. Even for Liz was surprising because like in February she raised twenty nine million dollars just in February alone. So it's her campaign would be cool. I mean, after Super Tuesday, it just, just didn't translate. So even for Mike Bloomberg, um, now don't get me wrong, money always is what matters in politics and how you move forward and stuff like that. That's why a lot of people dropped out. That's why Camilla Harris dropped out early, Cory Booker, like Beto Rupke, like it's because of the money, all right? That that's what matters. But at the same time, if I look at Liz and and Mike Bloomberg, where it's like people who look, they would have the money to stay in this until the convention. But are dropping out because in the, the day the path just isn't there, so it's very interesting. I think this whole honestly, this whole from 2016 into now, this whole political spectrum will be a case study for years to come of just like how things have changed in this uh, quote unquote democracy that we live in. It's very intriguing. Uh, so with all that being said, moving forward, now it's down to two two man race between Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden going into the convention. Now the fix is in, but Joe Biden's going with this thing, and I personally I, now. I don't. I don't think it's the right way move, but um, neither him and Bernie probably going to have the threshold of delegates going to the convention. If you don't know or not, you need to have a uh, a certain amount of delegates um, going into the convention to to win a nomination. Um, and so I don't think either neither would necessarily have the the thresholds. What that means is once it gets to the convention, it goes to a second round of voting, and which is super delegates. Uh, these are people, individuals who basically they represent uh, a large amount of of delegates, let's say they represent like 200 delegates a person. So it's like that's how you make up a lot of ground. The super delegates are going to vote Joe Biden in because that's really controlled by DNC leadership. They have a lot of influence in that. And Joe Biden's going to be the nominee. Um, that's just what it is. Bernie's not going to get it. The fix was in. I mean, just again, it, I talked about on previous podcast. Um, there were never less socialists take over the plan. With that being said, Joe Biden is not going to be Donald Trump. And I don't say that as a Donald Trump endorsement. I'm like reality. Look, Joe Biden has a lot. Is, is you know how Hillary Clinton was messy, she was. Joe Biden's campaign is gonna get take a hit, especially all the stuff with his son Hunter Biden. No, you can you you can that's that's not a nothing burger, okay. Uh, Joe Biden is on record on camera by talking about Ukraine, telling them how he would not he would withhold public. Uh, funding for the millions of dollars in funding unless they went ahead and fired the prosecutor who was investigating his son. The prosecutor was then fired and then the money was given to him. He's on, on camera saying this. That's quid pro quo. And the whole thing we had with Trump and impeachment stuff, that was a reason that when Trump initially had to call Ukraine because he was looking, he wanted them to look into uh, based on the investigation. You don't know Hunter Biden and his son was sitting on a board making like $50 million a year of like a uranium oil company. He's, he's no experience. He had nothing, with all, uh, nothing that would subject that he would be there. And he got on that because of Joe Biden. Um, there's a lot of nepotism as well. Uh, I think for Hunter Biden as well, you'll see. It, it, it's messy. Joe Biden, like, for Hunter, man, first of all, Hunter Biden, like, married the wife of his brother who died just, like, a couple years ago of brain cancer. Like, and according to Hunter Biden's previous wife, that he was cheating and sleeping with Hunter Biden, like, his brother, Bo Biden, his wife, when he was, like, dying. Uh, like married her. It's a weird thing, real kind of messy. Hunter Biden as well, drug problem stuff and everything as well. Kicked out a nigga for uh, cocaine. Uh, Liddy has, um, they said like in DC a couple weeks ago, he was in a strip club doing crack. Um, he also has a child um, that to a, I believe, a stripper or a prostitute um, that he did not claim at all. He said it was not him. And after a court order uh, 
DNA test confirmed that he was is the father of the child. Uh, yeah, Hunter is not to speak because a lot of it comes corruption stuff, and especially that whole case in Ukraine. That was not nothing burger, and for Joe Biden to be this crusade of uh, ethics and moral stuff and everything, um, that's not gonna work out. Also, uh, Joe Biden is a uh, he's kind of senile. <laughs> I'm not even, like joking when I say that, but my man is just kind of low key losing it up there. Like the marbles and all together, like he kind of consistently now has these, these brain slips. He just starts saying stuff. Like, doesn't know where he's at. He just say weird things that don't make any sense. Like, the other day, it is like, after you had after Super Tuesday, like, he was standing on stage with his wife and his sister, and he confused the two. But they were standing right next to him. He looked back, looked his wife in the face, and said, yeah, this right here is my sister. And I don't know if that's my wife. Oh, this what's stopping me now. No, Joe Biden, you look back, you saw them. You have, I, I don't be funny, but it's serious, but I truly honestly think he has, like, early signs of dementia. Uh, from he talks and he stories stay, I'm a corn pop and my hair's my legs are hairy and the kids touch my legs and I want to see my hair change and I, I was I was in the pool with corn pop like like what are you be talking about like and all your jokes these are stuff he says like yo Joe Biden is seen now bro like someone said that <laughs> Joe Biden is somewhere 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 right now Joe Biden is standing with two different pair of shoes on <laughs> like it's like it's kind of funny because it's like yo I mean it's kind of low key losing it bro the stuff he says. So I just think, like, that's why him versus, him versus Trump, bro, that's exactly who Trump wants. Trump is salivating. He set this up, man. You can go say what you want about Trump, bro, but he wants Joe Biden. This is exactly who he wanted, okay? Because in one-on-one matchup and debates especially, man, all I was going to say is Trump would just say something good into Joe Biden's skin. Joe Biden's going to some crazy, weird, old white man rant and just, like, lose it and say something crazy. He's going to make Trump sound senile and coherent. That's what I'm trying to say. He's going to make him sound coherent, I'm telling you. <laughs> like, it's going to be the craziest thing. So... Joe Biden can't beat Trump. No way. Too many skeletons. Also, Joe Biden as well. A lot of Republicans don't deal with him. But if you're Joe Biden as well, you got to understand, like, he's going to president exactly what the Republicans want as well. Because Joe Biden's going to, like, buddy up the Mitch McConnell, cocaine Mitch. And Republicans aren't going to get everything they want passed still pretty much. I mean, so, look, I'm trying to tell you, this whole, like, revolutionary aspect is not going to happen. Joe Biden's not going to beat Trump. He can't. That's the reality, the truth of it. He's not a strong candidate as well. He's very flawed. He's a lot of things. And he's running the coattail of Obama's presidency. And this is not going to work because Hillary Clinton tried that in 2016, four more years of Obama. It just didn't translate. And it's not going to happen again. So I see definitely Trump win this election. I thought with Bernie as a candidate, it'd be like a seven-game series. But like Trump will win in the seventh game, down the stretch, fourth quarter, close game, buzzer beater type of thing. Joe Biden, she's going to be a sweep. Four row, out the paint, done deal. <laughs> big trust whoop whoop <laughs> like for real like I just don't see how this is a dub so yeah the moment that Liz dropped out today that was definitely solidified Donald Trump is going to win the presidency and be reelected that's the truth got braced for it um, I think the Democrat Party knows Joe Biden can't beat Trump low key but they just rather have that than have Bernie take over that shit so yeah so, very interesting in politics. The whole game has changed and how stuff is done. So, with that said, moving forward a little bit, uh, let's talk about entertainment, music. So, Megan Thee Stallion, you know what I'm saying? Very popular rapper right now. Hot in the game, hot girl summer. Um, you know what I'm saying? And very good. She's a good artist. I like Meg. Uh, but recently, you know, she has gotten to this whole public feud uh, with her label um, basically suing them and saying that they have you know stolen a bunch of money from her and her contract and done disservice and everything. Um, and then they responded. And Carl Crawford, who's that former baseball player who's like involved with the label, it's interesting. Um, 
you know, came out basically and publicly just refuted a lot of stuff he said and provided some more clarity and facts on it. And for Megan Thee Stallion, it's unfortunate. She seems to be it's a growing trend of so many rappers and artists um, who have signed bad contracts with these labels and end up getting screwed, which happens so many, so many, so many times, unfortunately. So her situation for starters is not anything different or new or anomaly, uh, but it's unfortunate, though. And basically, she's just like, you shows like, you know, she wasn't getting all any, any barely money stuff in this contract. Like her label was like, it was like a 60-40 or something like that. So in terms of when I say that, how sometimes where your revenue and stuff is distributed, and uh, someone who is good, who has a good contract, the artist should always get more money than their label takes. So, for example, if I make $100 million from doing from a, from an album, right, as an artist, you know I mean? You should always think, okay, I should get $80 million of that. My label only gets $20 million of it, right? But you should always think you get a substantial difference, right? But a lot of times people have these 50-50 deals or 360 deals. What that means is that you're signed to one art label who's signed to another label who's signed to another label. So someone always gets a piece of your money. So it trickles down and stuff like that. You're getting the less amount of money. So that $100 million, you're getting $20 million out of it. And those other people are getting, are getting $80 million. So like, so like Meg had this like 60-40. was like really bad. Like they were getting a mass majority of her money. So like I know like for all her like shows and stuff she did and everything. Um, and just like all the money she's made over the past couple of years. I mean, it, was like, it was like $15 million or something like that. Like she only got like 15000 of it or something. Something crazy. Um and a large portion of her, the money she did get, the, like that, that there was left to her. The label said she had to use that money, that money, to pay for her studio session, her beats, her recording, all that stuff, and everything. Um, so, anyways, it goes to show you again how artists can get stuck into bad contracts and everything. Now, with Meg, um, basically, has rock and she's trying to, she, so she's signed a rock nation management. So, the difference between signing to a label and signing management, two separate entities. You can sign to a label and not and be managed by someone else. So, rock nation management basically. Kind of seems like Rock Nation trying to steal her from her comp- um, her label, and that's what whole thing's going down too. But Jay Prince involved her label as well. It's very influential, it's a lot of clout. So not really sure how that's gonna go down. Kind of seems messy as it comes out. I think May kind of took a look like she's trying to strong arm them, try to play them low key and finesse them. But I don't think it's gonna go down. I think at the end it's gonna be kind of stuck in one bad contract because, as someone pointed out, like in the day Rock Nation's paying for these lawyers, paying for all the stuff and everything. Like they're not doing this off the goodness of their heart. Like oh they're gonna expect a return, which is probably making signing with them somehow, some way. So, yeah, it's a lot of, like, kind of, you know, things were blocking her, her music, because she wasn't able to drop any music and stuff. Her label controlled that. And you see it sometimes. It happens to a lot of people. Um, you like, like Prince. Like, for, there's always a well-known thing with Prince. Um, he got to dispute his label and couldn't drop music. And they owned the name Prince. So he went by the moniker, the artist formerly known as Prince. Um, same thing with Walker Flocka. He used to be, his name got, uh, his contract got locked up. They owned his name, intellectual property. He had to go by Walker Flocka Flame. Um... Same with Soldier Boy. He had to go by Soldier Boy Tell Him. That's actually the official name. He got a contract with Soldier Boy, like his contract. So it's like it happens over time. It's crazy how intellectual property and owning your music. And you would think that, like, you know, when you create something that you should have be able to own it and control it. But these contracts and deals get caught up, man. That's not even the case. So, like, it's kind of unfortunate. But I think for Meg, it's like, you know, go to show you just another artist and everything um, who, got, unfortunately, got caught up in the game. Now, with that being said, for her fan stuff and everything, look, it happens. But people saying stuff like, Megan's 25, she couldn't fully comprehend what she was signing, the front of Laura Cortex hasn't finished growing, and she's an adult, no, can't we stop that, good gosh almighty, because it opens Pandora's box in the floodgates for how people can make certain decisions at certain ages about certain life changes and things, and then at 20 plus years old, you can't understand certain aspects. I'm just saying to stop that, she's not a bad deal, okay, she got caught slipping, it happens, unfortunate, but it's an L. You know what I mean? 
Uh, definitely have to look for the whole boss girl chick thing that y'all been pushing and stuff. You're in control. We know what's going on, but you're getting finessed out here. Look, it happens. Nothing personal. It's just, but you gotta understand that. Like, we're not making excuses sometimes, and these artists need to have accountability for the actions. Because if they have accountability, understand, hey, this is what happened to me. You know, it's bring awareness. So hopefully, other people will know that. So we don't just make excuses. Speaking of boss girl chick thing, Nicki Minaj, the sometimes embattled artist, queen of rap, quote unquote, self proclaimed. Um, her husband. Um, who has had numerous amounts of previous criminal history and things, uh, basically got arrested um, for not registering to be as a sex offender. So basically, um, when this guy, I guess like 20 plus years ago, um, he was like a kid, he was like 16, 17 years old or something like that. Um, he had some case against some, um, some sexual related case or something like that. And... Um, I think it was something like maybe he was like older, had sex with like a younger girl, something like that. He was a kid, but basically because of results of it, he had to register as like a sex offender, um, move forward. Uh, so these things are all were known public. Nicki Minaj like knew about this, still married a man, everything as well. Um, I guess like basically he moved to change his address, moved to California, and when he moved to California. He didn't register as uh, a sex offender. I guess uh, he moved from New York to California, and so he was arrested recently because they went to school down in. Um, Trinidad, and like it seemed like a couple days later after that, boom, man was uh, arrested. Um, for Nikki, it's not a great look uh, because you know, just a couple weeks ago, she had this whole feud with, with Meek back and forth, and Meek was calling out because you know, Nikki's brother as well is a child molester, he you know, was raping his like stepdaughter and stuff, and everything. Um, Nikki you know, knew about it, paid for his the lawyer and stuff, and everything for a brother who was convicted and charged. Not these aren't speculation, he's in jail actually for this, like, convicted. If you look it up, um, and now your husband is a sex offender as well. Um, not a great look for a company you keep. Um, kind of says a lot about you sometimes. Look, I know you can't control what people, other people do. Uh, but you know what I mean? It's not a great look. And especially when Mika came out, that came at you about that. Then boom, just happens. Yeah. You went from all that down to a, a sex offender. It's going to rest it. Not the greatest look, my G. Um, so, you know, that's just, uh, you know, kind of going on there. I think people need to understand who they bring into their life. And it goes to show you as well, like, yo, it don't matter how much money, how much worth you have, how much, you know what I mean, star power, like, people still make bad decisions and dating choices. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter who you are. Um, so, I think that's probably a takeaway from this and just understanding that, like, yo, you gotta stop making excuses for all these celebrities sometimes. Sometimes they just make bad choices. Like, sometimes they just get caught slipping. It, it does happen. So, I think it's very important to keep that in mind. All right, so I had to slide some sports in here real quick. Um, NFL draft heating up soon. Uh, a lot of talk about what's going on in the first round. A lot of people move up the draft boards. Jordan Love moved up. Isaiah Simmons ran a, a three, a four three nine, uh, freak athlete. Um, you have talk, you know, what the number two the Redskins going to do? Number two pick. Um, got kind of three options. You know, draft Chase Young, which is probably the safest choice. Now let's talk about Tua. You know, potentially maybe getting drafted there. At Skins. Um, then you obviously wanted to trade back. Uh, me personally, I'm a Giants fan, so I'm a four. I personally like I want Isaiah Simmons, but I wouldn't mind trading back necessarily to pick up some assets and everything if the opportunity's there. Um, so you know it's definitely a trickle down effect to see what happens. But you know definitely people moving up. Like you know, Jordan Love has now moved up ahead of Justin Herbert to be number third quarterback taken. You know got him going to six right now to San Diego. Um, so it's interesting how like a lot of stuff carousel happens and everything. 
Um, then, you know, after these pro days, when they come up in a couple weeks, um, then even more stuff once we actually see Joe Burrow throw and run and actually see Tula throw and run, um, you know, see these things happen and everything. Um, then, you know, uh, it gets a lot more, uh, you know, chaotic and everything. And again, especially also in conjunction, like I said, with free agency, um, you know, there's so many top free agents stuff. And obviously Tom Brady at the top. Then you have, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, Philip Rivers, Jameis Winston, uh, you know, uh, Ryan Tannehill, uh, you know, Taysom Hill, uh, you know, you just, you know, so many people, Marcus Mariota, potentially Cam Newton could be on the move. Um, you know, it's about a lot of, you know, Andy Dalton, a lot of good name people. Um, so it definitely would be a, you know, a, a domino effect of who picks. Uh, depends what Brady does and goes. If he comes back to New England or if Tom Brady uh, goes somewhere else, you know, obviously that's a big thing. Recently now there's talk that, you know, San Francisco may be interested in Tom Brady. It'd be very just crazy irony how, you know, with Jimmy G who started in, in, in New England who couldn't win his starting job because Tom Brady wouldn't leave, basically, and then Tom Brady leaves Wigley because San Francisco takes the job again. Be crazy. But, I mean, same time, I can definitely make the case. Look, if San Francisco had a better quarterback than Jimmy G, they are Super Bowl champs, no doubt. That's for sure. So, there's also that factor, too. So, you know, I think it's uh, also important to keep that in mind. That, like, yeah, you know, it's we're not for a long league. It's about win now, win now football. That's, that's the game. So, it's kind of crazy if it's all that happened. But we'll see what that plays out, though. Uh, again, for NBA, right now, again, we're getting down to, you know, crunch time right here. You know, about what teams will win it. Um, Houston Rockets, a small ball system, is working out so far. Very interesting. Playing no center, positionless basketball. Um, it's crazy. Like, even though there are those large discrepancies in the rebounding between most games sometimes, doesn't even matter to win any games. The offensive uh, prowess is just over overtaking any, you know, disparities they have for defense or, or at least for defense rebounding. But we'll see what happens in the playoffs. I do think at some point in time, you do need a big man. I do think... Like, you play a team like, like Denver, like, that has, like, Jokic. Like, he's, like, 7'2". I'm sorry, Peter Tucker can't guard him, like, in a day. No, no you can Rocco or, like, a Jeff Green. Um, or a team of the Lakers who have a lot of size. I know, that, I know that first game they played them and they, they won. But in a four-game series, that's the thing. A seven-game series, that's also another thing with these teams. Like, it's one thing. You come to an arena, you sneak in and out with this stuff. But you team, play a team back-to-back-to-back-to-back, and they see it and they adjust to it. I'm very intrigued about it. But, hey, it got potential there. And definitely playing hot right now. I think Lakers and everything kind of poised to make this run. Clippers are getting health, are healthy now, playing together. Definitely scary. They're very, very deep. Probably the best team. I still in a seven-game series going to take Lakers over them. Because in the day, AD and LeBron, that, that duo, I think is still better than Paul George and, and um, PG and Kawhi. No disrespect. It's still very good, but I think that's very dangerous. Um, in the East right now, you have the Bucks surging, you know, trying to go for 70 games. Um, then, you know, from like two to four, it's getting kind of – you know, uh, between Toronto um, and Boston, um, in Miami as well. Um, you know, obviously surging. A lot of people made moves at, at the deadline. Sixers, um, you know, Embiid and Simmons are both out right now. Definitely get together even before we when they're both healthy. They're playing kind of suspect, so they don't want to fall to that six range um, because they're playing like play like Miami or something like that, or Boston in the first round, um, or more importantly in that second round, they'll have to play Milwaukee. And I don't think they want to do that again. I think they want to, if they had to play Milwaukee, wait till the conference finals for that to happen. So, got to pick it up, man. A lot of teams do. Um, that's what's all about situational play. Especially in the West, we're probably going to have a stable center, two weeks at stable center between the Lakers and uh, Clippers more likely. So, it'll be exciting to see. It'll be, be, be cool. 
Um, so definitely, you know, stuff up to pick up here. See, again, with the 8 seed, if Zion and Pelicans can scrap in there and get to the 8 seed. I don't think that John them will hold on. Um, with Memphis, I think that they're going to hit the, the wall at some point here. It's going to get a little too much. Um, but, yeah, no, definitely an interesting, uh, you know, uh, end to the season here. All right. So thank you for tuning in today. Kind of overview again. I think this politics stuff is kind of a show. It, it, it really stresses and engages our emotion and energy and sways how we think and shapes our perception. Um, I think the fix is in for Joe Biden to win a DNC nominee. Uh, I don't think Bernie is going to get it. That's just what it is. Um, Joe Biden can't beat Trump. Trump's going to win again for more years. That's the reality of the situation. That's going to happen. So buckle up because that's about to go down. Um, also, I want to say that real quick as well. For the past like four years, I think the Democratic Party has used some black leadership, especially like Maxine Waters and Al Green, who spent the last four years screaming and yelling and about impeachment and being crazy and just for not that to happen at all. You know, just saying, could have put that time and energy towards something else, but you know, usual, black people are used as the main cheerleaders. For black people to unwavery and unblindly support Joe Biden makes no sense to me. He wrote the 94 crime bill, it's locked up so many black people, mass incarceration because of this. Um, I know he's Obama's VP, but I don't know what that means. Um, I, I'm just saying that was the most pro black presidency either, but that's another story. Um, but you know, more or less, please be woke of what's going to happen. Uh, think for yourself, not with emotion. Very important. Um, protect your chick and protect your mind. Uh, look with Meg Stalin and Nicki Minaj, these situations. Be careful who you associate yourself around, who you're with, um, who people that you bring into your life and things, because at times it may be detrimental to you. At times it may not be the best thing for you. So be very you know, important and understand that's, that, that case and what happens with that. Um, you know, again, you know, just always stay focused on, on the prize here. Never, you know, never take your foot off the gas. So definitely, you know, moving forward, we have some more interesting episodes and some cool guests and stuff coming on here as well. So definitely get the conversation going. But until then, make sure you stay tuned, you stay hip, you stay connected.